Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Therapists Uncensored. This is a podcast that breaks down interpersonal science into practical and understandable tidbits. And as you listen, I can just imagine little light bulbs of insight appearing above your head. You're going to be surprised and touched at what you learn about yourself as you get more accurate and in-depth view of your mind and your heart, and as you figure out those close to you. Therapist Uncensored brings you decades of experience with interpersonal psychotherapy, relational neuroscience, modern attachment, and anything else they think will be helpful in healing humans. Now, here are your co-hosts, Dr. Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. Hey, Ann. Hello. I am so excited about today. So you love being challenged. (laughs) And challenging. And challenging. (laughs) Well, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a 30-day challenge. We're going to invite our audience to identify something that they want to work on. All together, our whole community together with mutual support, we want to help you be able to actualize that thing that you need to work on. So we're going to talk a lot more about that and help you come up with something in your mind. And the inspiration from this for this relates to, it's the beginning of the year, but it's not the very beginning of the year. <laughs> That's so good because how many of us start, many don't, many people have like wised up, like I'm not going to do New Year's resolutions, but most people in their mind, it's the new year. It's the times that we're going to get our body in shape. We're going to eat right. It's like the new start. That's right. But you don't see a whole lot of these challenges or resolutions related to our emotional well-being and building security in ourselves and our relationships. So that's where we're going to focus today. And part of the, again, the inspiration was that we've done a lot of talk lately about theory, and we've had a lot of guests on, super cool stuff. But I want to deliver an actionable item, like something just totally actionable. So it's not in our heads, but it's going to affect our actual lives. That's our, that's my hope today. If this works well, that's what's going to happen. It's like putting boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Yeah. We're going to stop talking the talk and start walking the walk before that we keep going. Quick shout out to Leela Pond, who's our brand new co-executive producer. She joined at the Platinum Patreon level to support us being able to continue to do this show. And we want to thank you. If you are interested in that kind of support, go to patreon.com backslash therapist uncensored. And we have some other neuro nerd supporters. That's what we call them with great love that we'll mention at the end of the show. But thank you so much. Okay, so how are we going to do this? Because one of the things that's hard, if you're losing weight or something, there's an objective scale that's going to tell you if it's working or not. That is, if you choose to continue to weigh yourself. (laughs) So Anna and I have been talking about what would be our own personal challenges. And I thought we would sort of walk through where we landed. But I want you, as you're listening, to begin to reflect on your own. And we're going to get more and more specific as the show goes on to really try to help you bring it into something that's actionable and measurable where you'll really know how you're doing on this. So do you want to start or you want me to start about having the humility of talking about things that we need to work on? Well, let's start by narrowing it down just a little bit, because what we're doing is trying to invite everybody. We talk about earned security and we talk a lot about what happens in our physiological body. Okay, so we talk a lot on this show about this concept called earned security. And very quick review, which is that basically, and I've noticed that we've evolved and and how we speak of it. 
But basically, some of us are born with an environment that supports us developing a very healthy regulatory biological system that helps us in relationships. It's how quickly your body can get upset, how much you can handle the emotions inside yourself and emotions of other people, and how relationally engaged you can stay with yourself and another person when something challenging happens. That's exactly right. So we've leaned from talking about it just from the notion of attachment to this idea of regulatory systems, because really that's what drives attachment to begin with. So some of us are born with environments that support that, and we call those secure. And then some of us, many, many, many of us, most of us probably listening, had some challenges where that our regulatory systems didn't have the optimal support. And so it's up to us to continue to learn, to grow our capacity to things like uh, be upset and keep our mind thinking or not dissociate and not drop down at the bottom, basically working to stay within what is called the window of tolerance, where that we can keep thinking, keep our heart online, and frankly, keep caring about the other person that we're talking to. (laughs) Which does not mean that in the window of tolerance, you don't get upset and you right. don't, right? Like, because the bigger window of tolerance means you can actually have a larger range of emotions inside yourself and other people and still stay, like we said, stay connected and related. Some of us, because of our environment, our body, just remember that that's this adaptive response to our environment that we might trigger faster when something's happening in the environment. Or we may have learned in the blue side to kind of push down and disconnect. And these are all really, really adaptive. So shifting that, it becomes habitual. It is. And that's why it really actually has to be top down, meaning that we actually have to think about it and then get our body to do the thing. (laughs) Because if we're not thinking about it, then our body's going to do the old thing. So I keep wanting to use these, um, it's a little bit of jargon, but it's many of our audience will know, but like our internal working maps, our IWMs, those are the rules that we, it's kind of like our software that was laid down when we were young. And, you know, like a computer, it has rules, if this, then that. (laughs) And so what we're doing is we're updating our software. Yes. And one of the ways to update anything is you really have an objective and you really center on it. If you start the new year saying, I'm going to eat better, I'm going to exercise every day, and and you have all this, that usually doesn't it's usually not as effective in being able to do that in the long run. What you do is you pick something and you commit to it. Commitment is so important. I am going to get to the gym three times a week. And that one objective can really trickle down into so many more changes, but you decide on the one objective and you really commit to it. And that's our idea today, right? We're going to each take our own personal challenge be out there with our listeners. And then we're going to commit to one objective that we kind of concentrate on for 30 days. That's right. And then just functionally, I want to invite everybody to go to the Therapist Uncensored Facebook group. There's a private one connected to the public one. You just ask to get on. You can mention the challenge. You know, we do ask for an email address. You don't have to give it. It's just on that particular one. That's where we're going to continue to talk about this. Get on there and take your personal challenge. Or maybe if you can't think of one, we'll help you during that. That's right. So first thing today is like, let's, what is our challenge? What is your challenge, Anne, to model? Or would you like me to start with mine? I'll jump in. I think my challenge, and maybe we're going to work it out as we speak, but my challenge, I want to be able to slow down and get more in touch with my own 
personal desires and wants. And part of this challenge is for us individually also will improve. What is it that will also improve earn security inside yourself, which will likely improve the engagements you have with the relationships. So for me, how that improves my relationships, if I got more in touch with my sense of what I want and a little bit more clear, I think I will be more clear in my relationships. People can know me more deeply. Oh, that's awesome. And is there, have you thought about like what that's about that you, that you, that you need to kind of consciously work on that clarity? Yeah, I think in my environment, when I was younger, um, I had a single mom, five kids, pretty struggling financially. Think about, you know, single mom, five kids, that's already tells us some of what was happening biologically around you. Oh my gosh, I wish so much. I have so much of deeper understanding of how hard that was than I ever have having kids of my own. Yes, lots of chaos, lots of stress. And so... When my mom became overwhelmed with the stress, whether financially or the the difficulty with all the kids, et cetera, and she became overwhelmed, that literally was, I can look back now and reflect, threatening, right? For a single mom to get overwhelmed and to kind of lose it, that would be a threatening thing. So my role became peacekeeper. And not just even peacekeeper, it was also sort of connecting to, okay, what's the stress and how do we bring it down? Mm Mm-hmm. It helped me stay, the strength of it helped me stay very in tune to my environment and everybody's needs. But the goal was to sort of keep it, help sort of reduce the stress of others mm-hmm. to sort of, to keep the environment safe. Totally. And so, again, I think it's very easy to appreciate like that that's, was the most healthy adaptation you could have possibly made. I'm also aware, you know, you, you were very young in the in the sibling order and the girl, and I'm thinking about you and your mom, you know, so of course, like, that would have been so smart and adaptive that your body just knew just what to do to manage the common challenging problem. Right. Yeah, I think everybody in the family had sort of different roles. My older sister had the role actually of the literal caretaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how hard is this going to be? Like, and what does that mean? How are you going to know if you're in touch with yourself? Because what's so funny about this is that this is all unconscious and we don't even know we're doing the thing that is the old thing that we're doing that we want to change. (laughs) Well, it's a great one. Like if I think about it, one of the things to recognize for me when I say I want to slow down and really know what I want, because it's really easy for me to believe in my, in my own self that if everyone's happy, I'm happy. So if we're all going to a movie or and everybody's excited about what it is, I really do find joy in that. So it's really easy to go, yeah, you know, if everyone's happy, I'm happy. And I bet a lot of listeners can relate to that. So when you say it's really important to have your own voice, it's really easy to forget, well, I am having my own voice. I literally feel happy, right? So I love that part of my personality that mm-hmm. is happy when everybody's happy, but what can inadvertently happen, I realize, is that I'm not actually slowing down and really taking my own assessment of what I want and what I need. And I can want more than just everybody else's happiness. Yay! (laughs) Oh my God, that's so exciting. I mean, I'm making it sound, I I don't want this to be like my negative quality, you know, when you're applying for a job is I'm a little too organized. Yeah. (laughs) Like this whole idea that I'm... No, this is actually a really vulnerable subject. Yeah, the whole idea that I'm happy when everybody's happy can make it just seem like, oh, I just run around being so nice all the time. And that shouldn't be a problem. Why would that be a problem in our relationship? But it is because 
to have a deeper sense of someone, to have a deeper connection with them, really knowing what it is in them that's ticking or going off or not going off is really, really important. It really deepens the relationship. And let me tell you a really negative effect. So I'll be one more step vulnerable and now we'll have my issue identified. And now not only you, but the entire listener base can hold me accountable for this. <laughs> it's so uh, scary. It is. If we have to walk the walk of vulnerability, right? So another outcome of that is it can be really hard if people in your life are overwhelmed and dysregulated. So when you have this and somebody's overwhelmed and dysregulated, it's really easy to get overwhelmed yourself. Because my body, if everyone's happy, I'm happy. The opposite can also be true. So when somebody else is completely distressed and overwhelmed and can kick me in gear to be either dysregulated or in the way that I either drop down and want to fix it or elevated in a way that I get dysregulated mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. that, that can be a vulnerability for me. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't always happen. Like it's really easy for me to be there with somebody, a friend of mine that's upset. That, or when you're in your role as therapist. Yeah. That it's very easy for you to hold a wide space because you it doesn't hit the implicit memory. That's exactly true, Sue. It's really the the implicit memory is a specific sort of role that I'm having. So when I'm in my role as therapist and somebody's really dysregulated, that does not dysregulate me. Or a good friend doesn't dysregulate me when they're upset about something that's happened in their lives. It really is like I'm trying to help me outline. It's more people like super close in my space that I feel personally responsible for. And really feeling like my job, I'm failing at my job. And you know, what's really great about this is, as we were talking about it, it's staying regulated in the source, in the presence of dysregulation. Again, that's the whole model that we're talking about. If we can do that, we're going to be doing that really well. But you were drilling down, and I just think sometimes of interactions that you and I have had, and We'll get to mine, which is going to be the counterpart of this, Um, (laughs) but that it's actually, it's very specific to your implicit memory, Yes, as I understand it. It's much more if somebody looks like they are overwhelmed, i.e. slash mom. They are overwhelmed and I'm- Or or upset with you that you haven't done something right. Yes, or I assume that that they are overwhelmed and in that sense, I should be able, like then somehow- like with my clients, I don't really feel responsible for them being overwhelmed. So I feel like it's so easy for me to drop in and not get dysregulated and really feel what they're experiencing and stay with it. But if someone's in my presence that is really overwhelmed, like the world is going to fall apart and somehow that's my role to put it together, then it's really hard for me not to feel that level of dysregulation. That's right. And again, I'm, I'm imagining a lot of people can relate to this and we go back to the window of tolerance. So let's just be real concrete. So one of so your 30-day challenge is going to be what? My 30-day challenge is to slow down and really take an assessment inside myself of so I guess it's it's two-pronged but related. So one is just an everyday thing because we've been talking about dysregulation that is not always my biggest challenge. I think my bigger challenge is to really slow down and do a self-assessment of my own wants, my own needs, and kind of really getting that in any kind of relationship that I'm in. So on that prong, how will you know that you, like how will you evaluate during these 30 days how you're doing? That's a good question. So let's come back to that 
and so that you can get to your second prong. And then we'll be able to hold this. So again, as you're listening, be, I want you to be doing your own inventory. I know this is really wide, but this is why if you'll hear us, we're going to try to get more and more concrete to make it really actionable. Yeah, I think asking myself, for one, slowing down when everybody's like, hey, am I really going to be enjoying this movie or this restaurant? Right. And so if you're getting feedback or having more conflict with someone like, no, but I don't want to go to that movie. Da, 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 da. That's Those are probably great signs. Yes. Yes. And then the second prong one, I think, is in the face of dysregulation, you know, in tolerating is to be able to kind of slow. I would be doing more body work. And dynamically maybe going, this individual is going to be fine and I can handle it. Like really maybe verbally, I guess that's more about an intervention, but sort of recognizing how I'd know I would be doing it is probably really recognizing that I can self-soothe. Not that I don't get dysregulated. It is normal to get dysregulated when somebody is upset, but probably to do more self-care of regulation rather than other regulation, like really regulating myself in their presence and, and being able to not feel necessarily personally responsible for helping or fixing whatever's going on. I love it. I totally right. love it. And I bet this will be something that if, again, as you're thinking of your own, close people will be able to give you feedback on. Because I was imagining, like, I'll know right away mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be able to be supporting you actively in all of these things because I know what it is that you're working on. Oh, great. That means you get to report back to the listeners in 30 <laughs> days. How did Anne do on her challenge? <laughs> that would not be supportive. Well, no, unless I it would it. be supportive, right? But accountability is good that yeah. we want to do be accountable. So it would be a private accountability and then you can choose to share whether or not how you were doing. But that is kind of the idea. We're going to be on Facebook talking about how we're doing with these challenges and inviting everybody to be talking about what you picked for you and how you're going to operationalize that. And then we're going to be just really, we hope the whole community comes together and gives lots of support for those different things. So shall Your we do turn, mine? yes. So one of the things I got to thinking about, and by the way, when I initially posted this in the Facebook group, it was fantastic. We had so many great comments and people just were really excited to do this. So thank you, everybody that has already responded. And some of our patrons actually gave feedback about this, which was for us to be careful. One of them was to be careful not to do something like if somebody's already one of their implicit working models or maps is to beat themselves up, then here we're offering this 30 day challenge to fix yourself, (laughs) which could then feed into shame or, you know, I suck or whatever those particular uh, automatic negative thoughts are. So that is not at all where we're going, right? Absolutely. As a a matter of fact, somebody that would tend to do that, I might invite you to have your 30-day challenge being about loving yourself and forgiving yourself and maybe uh, doing some Kristen Neff (laughs) self-compassion. Okay, there's two things. On one hand, we want to be very honest. It's like wings, two wings to mindfulness. We want to be very honest and see ourselves very realistically and accurately and see our partners and our close people and our kids and we want to see them honestly and accurately but the other side of the wing and the bird doesn't fly if it doesn't have both wings is love and compassion and i might add curiosity like those two things kind of coordinating together then we're going to be in good shape so with go ahead well and the goal not being like in 30 days i'm not all of a sudden 
what it is, it's just in deepening self-awareness. This isn't, so, we, we're not advocating for total personality change. What we're doing is just slowing ourselves down and taking one, one step. So this is not a 30 day challenge for personality change or to fix all, I love it, to fix all of our issues. It's to take the one thing and to just deepen it. That's right. So one of the things I have found myself, and I've gotten in, as you know, I've gotten in a lot of trouble for doing this. Um, and it's obnoxious. And it's also related to my history. But I will get caught on some detail and just be like a dog on the bone about the dumb detail that doesn't actually matter. It becomes about the, my dysregulation about that dumb thing, right? So this is such a specific thing. I don't know if other people can relate to it. Actually, I think probably people can. But what it ends up happening is that I end up controlling the narrative. I end up uh, missing the other person's emotional message because I'm caught on, yeah, but you didn't say that, or that's not how it happened, or da 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 whatever it is. And so my implicit, and again, not everyone will exactly know where it comes from, but I know mine comes from, again, growing up in a chaotic household at times, but the flavor of mine was more confusing, and there was alcoholism, there was confusing things that were hard to kind of track what was happening. And so my implicit is that I, I have an intolerance to feeling lost emotionally because of this, right? Mm -hmm. So I do a dumb thing of constantly trying to put my stake in the ground of like, no, this is what happened. And it doesn't matter if it went down that way or not. But because now I'm uh, implicitly feeling like, no, we have to have this shared reality and we have to both be in agreement about what the situation is, it becomes really obnoxious. So my 30-day challenge is letting go of small details. I, I have a few, actually. So if you notice, Anne's was a little bit more on the red side, right, about preoccupation and being focused on other people's experience and the goal being to get more inside herself and hear herself and stay regulated even when other people aren't. Mine's going to come from the blue side, which is allowing more influence, actually, and going with the flow and rolling with things. Which can is sometimes not always easy to do because to remember in the blue side, we are really dysregulated. It isn't true, even though the blue can look, you know, calm and like, no, let's just be really rational. Let's look at the details about what happened. It still is an element. It's, it's a dysregulation. It's totally a dysregulation because as soon as something happens wrong, we get really upset, actually. <laughs> so we're not all calm, cool, and collected cucumbers or whatever, cool cucumbers. So I think anything related in the direction of, and again, right now I'm going broad for anybody who can relate to this side of things. Um, and again, this isn't to put us in a box. We're actually talking about biology. When we get upset, we basically respond up or re respond down. That's just universally, no matter where you're listening from, no matter what country you're in, no matter what language it is, we're just stuck with our bodies. We actually all do both at times. But just pick one very problematic or the most problematic or even just the easiest to be able to work on, right? We can be a low-hanging fruit. So this one for me is going to be easy to see. And I know that it's dumb, but when I'm doing it, it doesn't, it feels rather urgent, just for a second, you know, and when people kind of know me, and they know me, it's a little bit like an ADD thing, too, of either getting stuck on something or getting lost in something. And so for me, it's like, I'll know, I'm gonna know, and I'm gonna track, like, I'm almost like, how about this, I'm gonna give myself credit every time that I want, that I have the urge to like, wait, 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 no, it didn't exactly happen that way. 
And if you can hear how obnoxious that is, right? Like, how? why am I the only one to actually know that? I will say that I respond really well when people are will say, oh, yeah, you're right. I said this thing or whatever. But the whole thing is just dumb. It's like it's out of relationship. It's not in my adult wise mind. Basically, my implicit is in charge. And so I want to lovingly notice, oh, I'm just getting a little stirred up about whatever that is. It's reminding me of uh, something early on. It's not actually now. And I get to just let the person roll, like just let it go, let it go. It doesn't matter. I want to ask less questions, which also can be kind of containing for people and be a little bit more emotionally. I feel like on my end, I'm extremely emotionally honest, but it's not necessarily warm all the time. It's very warm anytime. <laughs> but like, I don't have the problem of uh, like not knowing what I think and feel. But again, that's the blue side, right? We we know what we think and feel. It's more about how we're relating interpersonally that needs a little bit of a soft touch. It's adding the influence part. It's, it's adding like the you influence. Know, you know how you're thinking and feeling or what accuracy you feel like you have. But it's allowing the influence in that can be a little scarier, a little more challenging. And I'll tell you, my personal experience with it is that I am allowing influence. I just don't necessarily let the other person know very clearly. (laughs) And that's obnoxious too. Kind of a delayed response. (laughs) Right. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So, but if more alive in the moment, I'm saying things like good point, or I see that makes sense to me, or kind of affirming joining statements so that the other person recognize you know I'm I'm giving them credit as we go then again that's just going to warm the whole thing up I'm showing that I'm letting having influence I'm not just keeping it to myself and keeping the cards close to my chest so that's a whole smorgasbord of things to work on I have a ton of things but I imagine each of you do too if you're emotionally honest with love and compassion what we want you to begin to do is think about well by the way what do you think about my I think it's here. a yeah. I think it's a great one, and I think in thirty days we'll we'll like be really fun to kind of see how we're doing along the way. So you can yeah. kind of you can kind of see how uh, this goes together a little bit, right? Of like, right. Uh, if, if I'm controlling the narrative, and if you are going along with the flow, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, what you'll see is what we'll see. You know, in this next little section, is that the dynamic like literally kind of shifting just a little bit. A lot, actually. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, you know, one thing we could do is, why don't we also spend a few minutes just helping individuals, if you're out there and you don't know exactly what you could be working on, let's just give a few ideas for each way that you may travel, the red, the blue, and the tie-dye. Yep. Let's give a few other ideas to think about. Okay, right? so let's maybe let's start over on the on the red. Okay, so red, just as reminders for folks or people who might be new, it's basically when we upregulate from the attachment literature, we're talking about preoccupied attachment, but we are really building in the co-regulation and the physiology to that. So it's basically when you upregulate, in other words, you get more actively upset, uh, it's associated with some anger and blame <laughs> at times. So rather than being focused on your injury, or what has happened to you, or what that bad person did to you. Some of the general ideas, if you if you tend to lean red, will be a lot of what Anne's talking about, actually. It will be like, rather than focusing externally, beginning to focus internally. Even noticing, even no, this would be a good one, even if you tend to lean red, if you begin to notice that you are scanning your environment, or that you can read everybody super well, but you're a little bit, you don't 
Like if you think of it as a scale, how much on the scale are you focused outward versus inward? You know, the more outward it's towards 10 and the more inward it's lower. And so if you'll notice your, your scale is going to probably be higher numbers. If you like check in with yourself, this would be a way to objectify it. I mean, um, yeah, to measure it. So the minute that you notice it, then you can, whoa, 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 wait, hold on. What, how will this influence me? How do, how will this affect me? And you can pull your awareness and your attention more towards yourself and get that number lower. And actually let's flip now. Well, let me add something to that because the self-awareness of the dysregulation in the body is really important. And sometimes if you're super red, you might be very much trying to control that regulation, kind of just adding to what you're saying by fixing the external world. Right. Right. So that can come out as, I know what I'm feeling. Don't tell me I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like you did A, B, and C, and D. (laughs) (laughs) So, So when you find yourself, I know what I'm feeling, you. Right. You're late and you promised this and you didn't do that. And- right. Try to turn that. One of the practices could be is to turn it more into I statements. Like I'm really feeling stressed out and unsafe and I'm like really internally, I like to call it giving your own weather report. Slow down and give your own weather report. About- I'm scared. I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, I felt intimidated by that cute girl at the office and so that's why you know yeah like it's you'll feel it when you begin to move in more inward your little heart might go it's more nerve-wracking that means you're doing it right (laughs) (laughs) and then i love that and then another idea so not just in the dysregulation because not somebody in red you don't walk around living all dysregulated all the time don't think that if you tend to be another thing you might work on do you tend to be indecisive do you tend to have a really hard time knowing what it is that you want or or like making a decision. So you turn to other people a lot to make decisions. Decision by committee. That's a great one. So if that's a, t- that might be something that you challenge yourself on. That I'm- is such a fantastic example because when, when we're read, part of what that's often about is a defense and defining yourself. So if you can get consensus in the world, there's no risk of you being seen or known versus if you have to say, you know, I'm going to go to this college or whatever it is. That is much more vulnerable and it's really scary. And that, again, means you're doing it right. Right. So the, the whole that you can hold your own self and, and make say, a decision. I'm making a decision and that decision may then, the fear may be if I make a decision and it disconnects from or identifies me differently than other individuals, again, the red could say, I might lose my value in other people's eyes or maybe they couldn't handle it. So maybe that's another challenge. That's that's fantastic. I love that. So those of you that find yourself indecisive, being able to stake a claim about anything, about what you want for dinner, about furniture, whatever it is. Or um, in the face of being parenting, do you, yeah. do you follow your kids' needs and are your needs in there? Do you track all of the things that they need to be doing in there, but in the end of the day felt like you haven't had a moment to really take in what's important to you. I think that's just parenting, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Somewhat. (laughs) No, that's fantastic. And so then on the other side, on the blue side, that scale that I was talking about, our numbers are going to be much lower because we're, we know what we think and feel. We know what we want. You know, we're kind of, again, what Stan Tatkin calls an island, we're in and of ourselves, which of course isn't true. And so what we want to do is move our scale up. We begin to 
focus more on emotional connectedness and emotional relatedness. How are they doing? How am I doing with them? So you want your number of, again, the scale being, am I more focused inside myself or outside myself? And again, healthy, the green is going to be in between, right? That I know what I'm thinking and feeling, but I also really can see and feel what you're thinking and feeling too. And that goes back and forth a little bit, maybe like a little seesaw, but it's not, it's not rigid. I like that. And then to add to that, if you fall, if you find yourself leaning on the blue, it's also the idea of being able to, and these are related to be vulnerable, to say, I'm scared, or to be able to speak, to even be aware that taking in somebody else's influence is hard. You might even be able to say, gosh, it's really hard for me to slow down and really hear what it is you're thinking and you're needing. So I think that means, Anne, that we're doing pretty good, that we're both kind of airing our dirty laundry. <laughs> so it doesn't mean like that puts us more towards the green. Like right. we can tolerate this. And as a matter of fact, we know it's healthy and we know it's good. And so again, everybody listening that's inspired, that's what I'm saying to you. This is not a pathology thing. You don't go to the gym because you're so weak you can't walk down the road. You go to your to the gym to get stronger and to find muscles you never know you had. And, you know, so that's what we're talking about. The one we haven't hit yet is tie-dye. So let's hit that before we go. All right. So tie-dye, to remind you, uh, to remind everybody is what we uh, name the more disorganized or unresolved elements of attachment, which is often related to his, historical trauma or pockets of trauma to where you might find yourself fluctuating pretty frequently, maybe even between the blue and the red, where you find an ability to be difficulty, to be organized inside yourself, and you may first amp up into really high intensity of emotions and then cut off really fast to disengage. Because it's it's also fearful if somebody, the ability to stay close is so overwhelming, but you've could feel your need for the other person. That's right. So it's like the accelerator and the brake at the same time at times when we get disorganized. And I love talking about it that we all get disorganized. We can all be tie-dye in, in any moment. And but then some of us if we haven't had that structure early on hang out there more often. So typically what I would say, again, this is go ahead and choose whatever you want, but if you still are struggling and you know that you can get disorganized at times, I like the idea of why don't you just work on, let's see, how do I say it? It's like knowing what you know, just it's like, it's, it's a version of putting your stake in the ground of like, okay, I don't know everything about what just happened, but I know that that person didn't mean to hurt me. Or I know that I'm a good person. And even if they're upset with me, that's going to be okay. Or even if I feel in this moment that I suck, I know that this is a moment to remember the moments because when you live in tie-dye, that one moment feels like it is a lifetime or it feels like it can get blown up to be feel like everything. So to remind yourself, this is a moment, this isn't everything. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So basically, the goal is to go from a disorganized state to a organized state, or going from not being grounded in yourself to being grounded. And there are so many techniques and ways to do this. This is where it gets creative as you're listening. 
The truth is, if you're really honest with yourself, you know what you need to do to develop more security in yourself and to create more security between you and close people. You know it if you can let yourself become aware of it, make it very reachable, make your goal very reachable and doable. And observable, like and observable. For just one example of observable, we speak, spoke about the blue. How often can you say to somebody, that's a really good point. I see you. Tell me more. And that could be, can, am I doing that with my partner? Am I doing that with my children? Am I not just saying, because I told you so. Now, for those of you that have not been longtime listeners, and some of this languaging seems a little overwhelming, we're going to direct you to episodes 59, 60, and 61. And that will give you summaries of each of these categories that we're talking about. And that might help you make sense of what we're talking about. And if you're really turned on by these ideas, go to our website and check out our course. I want everyone to know we are not, we are a podcast that happens to have a course because people have asked us so much about how to do more. We are not a business just trying to sell a course and we have a podcast to support that. (laughs) And you would know that if you could ever see our numbers, Uh, (laughs) like as far as our financial numbers, we work full time, we have families, all that stuff. And we are really doing this out of the goodness of our heart to help people. And I'm so happy that we have this course. We have, if you are, uh, if you really are interested and you're unable to afford it, let us know. We've, uh, some of our listeners and our patrons help us be able to share this more widely. But uh, really check it out. It's on the front page of therapistuncensored.com. Yeah, one of the reasons we can do this course is we have some wonderful Patreons. And for those of you that don't know it, Patreon, it's a way of supporting those things like podcasts that you care about that bring something to you. And we have some new supporters from this fall that we would like to give a big shout out to. We already mentioned Leela Pond. That's our co-executive platinum member. Thank you so much. We have gold members, Shanna Stichler, Camille Lolia, Deborah Morrow. Is that Deb Morrow? And Nancy Oakley. Thank you so much, gold members. And then we have our neuro nerds, Sarah Laughlin, Andrea Snaz. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but that's an awesome last name. Nicholas Watts, Dana Thompson, Janice Smith, and Noel Curran. Thank you so much. Without you guys, we could not be doing this. And it helps you not only bring the information to you, but to bring it worldwide, deepening security, which is our goal for those that might not have access to something like this. So thank you. And we appreciate you joining us. So we'll see you on the Facebook group. The public page is just Therapist Uncensored. The private one, which we're, this is where all the action is going to happen, or most of the action will happen, you get to through that page. You just have to make a request and just put that you've heard this podcast. And uh, again, we would love to have your email just so that we can stay in touch, but you don't have to do that at all. This is just a give. Okay. Thank you. And we'll see you around the bin. Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. This podcast is edited by Jack Anderson. 